I'm Siri Lindley, two-time world champion, author, speaker, animal activist, survivor, and thriver. I have found a way to overcome every challenge and to take the impossible and make it possible. On my podcast, we're going to talk real life. We're going to get vulnerable. We're going to go first. You're not alone in your fears, your doubts, or your worries. The most successful people in the world have them. Stick with me on this journey. I will help you harness your power, claim your magic, and create the life that you dream of. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bedhead Chronicles. I am so excited today to introduce all of you to Christina Mendonca. Now, she is an amazing woman, and I have been following you for quite a while now because I knew you were going to be on my show. Christina is a former award-winning investigative journalist and now an iHeartRadio show host and podcaster and the female founder of Mendanza Media. So, Christina, welcome. It is so great to have you here and, and just thank you for taking the time for us today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. I was excited to. Um, I've also been delving into your background. Super impressive. And I, um, I'm happy to be here. So yeah, let's, let's chat. Well, thank you. So first of all, what I want to know is how did you get into investigative journalism? Because you're amazing at this and you tell such amazing stories. But also what I love so much about you is as I watch these different pieces that you've done is I just trust you. I feel your heart. I feel your your compassion. And I want to thank you for that because I think that is really needed and a gift in this world. But how did you get involved in that? Thank you. I, you know, I think I was, uh, it, it was in high school, absolutely, when I decided I wanted to be a journalist. I loved writing stories. I was a big reader as a kid. And, and I love people. I love meeting people. I love learning about people. And that all kind of, kind of came together um, right as I was graduating high school. I thought, well, I'm going to get in radio. I think I'll do radio because at the time there were lots of radio jobs available. I worked for several radio stations, you know, free as an intern for a while, then got on paid positions. I learned a little bit from different people along the way. And I was going to college at the same time as I was in radio. And when you start in broadcasting, it really is a vagabond life. I mean, you're moving from town to town. So it took me like eight years to graduate college because I was like moving all over the country for different jobs um, and, and picking things up along the way. Most of what I learned about actual journalism, I learned on the job from people who had been doing it for a very long time. I was lucky to have some wonderful mentors. And I, I love the whole process. I love, uh, I, love I love doing the interview. I love gathering the B-roll. I love sitting down with everything where I transcribe every bit of the interview and I love putting it together. To me, the, the whole process of putting a story together once I have the assets, the interviews and the B-roll and the video and everything, when I sit down, it comes together like, um, like a Tetris game for me. I feel like it channels through me. And I, I mean, when I do stories that um, have to do with sad subjects, I cry as I write. <laughs> I mean, I, I do try to be as empathetic as I can with, um, with my different subjects 
Now, investigative journalism is a little bit different. I mean, there's not, you have to deal with facts and you have to confront some people sometimes. Um, you want to shed light on things that maybe be going, are going wrong. So that's like, that's a different skill set. But just, I fell in love with telling stories as a young person. And my mom said, you should really have a job where you talk because you talk a lot. <laughs> I love that. That's what I've been told as well. I love that. And I, I mean, I can only imagine, and I love that you allow yourself to share your emotions because I think that's why we trust you so much is that you're human and, and we see ourselves in you because we're feeling those same emotions. When you think of the different stories that you've covered, is there one story that stands out that just really shook you or changed you in some way? There are a few. Um, one story that kind of uh, encircled my entire career was the story of a woman named Colleen Stan. Colleen Stan was uh, hitchhiking in uh, the late 70s, like 79, 80, and she was uh, picked up. She was kidnapped. She was tortured. She was kept under um, this man's uh, bed in a box for years. Oh she God. was, I mean, it was, it was a horrific story. Um, and she was a, a sexual slave. She was a slave to the family. This man had a wife and kids uh, and she, he kept her for like eight years. Oh she God. finally escaped and she got away. And this was all happening in a little town in Northern California called Red Bluff. So when I first got into broadcasting, um, I went up there to Red Bluff. It was my, my first on-air TV market. And I had read the book about her. There's a, a book called The Perfect Victim, uh, all about her life and what happened to her. And I looked for her and I couldn't find her. And, and she had not been um, out of that situation for very long. The, the trial was going on and she did not want to be found. And, you know, uh, that was like 1987-ish. Um, and, uh, but, you know, we didn't have the internet searches. We didn't have any way to find people. So I looked for her for the whole time I was up there about a year. And then I went on with my career. I went to Sacramento. I went to call, I worked in Denver for a while. Um, I came back out to California and almost 30 years later, um, I decide I'm going to look for her again. And this was after JC DeGuard. You might remember that, yes, that story, absolutely. that young woman that was held for, you know, a couple of decades. Right. So um, I, I thought, you know, I wonder what happened to Colleen Stan. I'm going to try to find her. So I started looking and delving into different databases and search sites. And I found this one posting on this bulletin board that um, that something she said in that posting was something that was written in that book and it clicked and I thought that's her and it was a pseudo name. So I reached out and said, are you Colleen Stan? And she reached back and said, yes, I am. And we started this conversation, online conversation and we talked for probably three months before she agreed to meet with me. And it was the first interview she had done since I think she did Oprah right after she got out. So I drove up to where she lived and she met me at a disclosed location and we did the first interview. And we have been, uh, you know, I, I won't say friends because we don't talk all the time, but, but good acquaintances ever since. And I've done several stories on her. I've worked on documentaries um, with her and, and she's a remarkable woman for surviving all of this. Um, and she now lives uh, in Nevada. Uh, we keep in touch. 
And it was one of those stories that as a young reporter, I never thought I would have an opportunity to talk to her. And I did. And, and that story, I think, is one that really sticks with me and will always stick with me. First of all, that's amazing. And I love that you never gave up on finding her because I believe that when we share our stories, no matter how painful they are, there is a healing that happens the more we can talk about that. So I feel in a sense her even being able to speak to you is is a way to help her heal through this as well. But um, just the fact that she trusted you and gave you not only that time, but continued a relationship with you, a friendship with you, like that's just amazing. And, and when you look at stories like this, I mean, here you are, you're going from place to place, traveling all the time, going from one story to the next. And there's a lot of, when you watch the news, I mean, it's only the extraordinary things that are being reported on. So you're seeing a lot of some heavy stuff, you know, a little bit of happy stuff, but how do you, kind of recover from taking all that on like you do because you are allowing yourself to feel the emotions. Like how did you recover from that and find a way each day to kind of rejuvenate, get back into it so you can show up again a million percent? I think it does wear on you, but it's cumulative. You know, when I was uh, first started in my career, um, I was, uh, it was adrenaline, okay? So it's breaking news, it's adrenaline. I remember a news director sending me out. This guy had just been um, uh, acquitted or found not guilty in a brutal um, bank robbery and, and murder. So he'd been found, everyone thought he had done it. He got off and you know, the jury let him go. And I remember my news director sent me out and he said, do not come back here unless you have some sound from him. Wow. And I'm like 24? 23 <laughs> and I'm thinking how am I going to get this guy to talk to me so I I we he left the courtroom we followed him up the driveway it was one of those situations where I said something to him uh that provoked him not something mean but I said something that was just vapid and I knew he would see it as vapid I said aren't you glad to finally be free and he turned on me on his heel and just for 30 seconds talk to me. Wow. And it was like, and, and I was like mission accomplished. Right. So when I was young and, I, and all that adrenaline's going and you're in the moment and you're breaking news, um, you are not thinking so much about the impact. A lot of those things are having on you. And it finally hit me. I was in Denver and I was covering an avalanche and I was up there with a bunch of people and a bunch of crews are up there. So someone's lost in an avalanche. And we drive up in the live truck and I get out and there's other crews there and there are people I haven't seen in a while in the field. So I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And I, and I'm hugging people and talking to them and there are other reporters and, you know, we haven't seen each other in a while. So we're talking and it's kind of a little reunion. Well, I get back to the newsroom and there's a call from someone on that scene complaining about me. And what they said is I'm sitting there wondering if my loved one is dead on that mountain and your reporter is happy talking and excited to see someone, you know, and it was in that moment I realized she's right. I needed to, uh, I needed to be there. It was a serious story. I needed to remember that the victims or people that are in trouble, this is the worst time in their lives are there too. And to conduct myself accordingly. 
So that was kind of the first time it sunk into me that, um, you know, the adrenaline rush is not all that it's, it's cracked up to be, that I have to remember uh, good conduct, you know, on the scene of these things. It's why it grates on me when I see reporters in the field posting selfies from horrific situations. Yeah. Wow. I admire that so much and I respect that so much that you immediately took that on and processed it because a lot of times, you know, some, somebody can say something and we get defensive, right? And we want to just defend ourselves. But I love how you just owned it. And then it became such a powerful kind of lesson for you that now that's just the way you are. And sometimes it takes those moments where we do something that's not our best self in that moment. But what we learn from it changes us forever in whatever that situation is. But I mean, speaking of that, like in a world where there's so many opinions and you work in the news, like how how do you manage all the, the different opinions and not let them get to you? You know, in television, it's it's a weird space to be right now, Siri, because um, I work in news talk radio. OK, so um, for four hours a day, I'm doing news talk radio, which is more opinionated than what I did in television for 30 years. And it's an odd space to be because for 30 years in television, I kept my opinion out of it. I, I mean, I would have people come up to me and try to guess what my political persuasion is, how I felt on an issue and couldn't. Or they would tell me, I can't tell how you feel on anything, which was a huge compliment. And that's the way I feel like pure journalism should be, right? Yes. Um, but now with my current position, I do have to weigh in, not so much with my opinion, but I need to weigh in with all sides. So I might say, instead of saying, well, I think this, I'll say, you know, well, some people think this. Um, so I, I do try to walk that line carefully, but it's an odd place to be after 30 years in TV to be in radio where there is more of uh, more of a, an opinionated bet. It's more talk, not just news. Yes, exactly. And have you ever found as you're kind of weighing out all the different opinions that your opinion suddenly changes? Because, you know, oftentimes we have our opinion and we don't really take the time to learn the other person's perspective. Right. Sometimes when you do, it can shift your own perspective. Like, have you found that happen every once in a while? Oh, absolutely. I mean, because I think that the, the, um, the breadth of people that you talk to in journalism, I mean, I, you know, I've interviewed homeless people and I've interviewed prisoners and I've interviewed presidents and I've interviewed celebrities and I've interviewed, you know, I have a, a one of our listeners um, happens to be a trans woman. So she and I talk online and I'll say, what do you think of the controversy over swimming? What do you think of this? I want to know your opinion and your thoughts and your, and how you feel about this. And, and she'll tell me. So it's, it's just very interesting. I try to, I tend to seek out those people who I think might have a different opinion or might, I mean, and sometimes she surprises me and she has opinions that I would not expect her to have. So, I mean, I just think you can't really, until you sit down and talk with some someone understand their perspective and it's not homogeneous in i mean it's in any ethnic breakdown race uh sexual orientation it's not homogeneous and i think that's something that most people don't understand yeah 
Exactly. Wow. I just, I love that. And I, I feel, I mean, I, I don't want your job, but I feel like it's so fascinating because you're constantly growing. You're constantly learning from different types of people. Um, so that's amazing. Now, as far as getting into this, who were your, you spoke earlier of your mentors, who were your greatest mentors or who was, um, and who inspired you the most? Because you've done so many extraordinary things, especially with your media company. There had to be people that kind of sparked that fire in you, or did you come about that on your own? I think there were always like, I, I can't say I had one big, you know, like mentor that I looked up to. I think when I was first coming up, um, you know, through broadcasting, I think, I mean, I always thought Diane Sawyer was like, you know, it, you know, I thought that I, I loved her, her style, the way she told stories, how empathetic she see, she appeared to be. So, I mean, I kind of always admired her. And I think when I was first starting in broadcasting, I would watch her a lot and watch her very carefully. Um, but I, you know, I've had so many different mentors from, you know, the, the crusty old newspaper guy who would just like tear my stories apart uh, uh, so that I would rebuild them better. Or <laughs> there was a, a, you know, an anchor when I was in Denver uh, that had been there forever. And he was typically very tough on people. And I enjoyed that and sought him out because I wanted to be better. And I always wanted as a cub reporter to make him proud. Um, I think I've had, you know, the men and women lately, a lot of my uh, big mentors have been CEOs of companies, you know, women and men that I've reached out to and interviewed for some of the power profiles I'm doing that uh, are just, um, you know, have tremendous vision and, uh, and, and tremendous energy to push forward an idea and bring people along with them. So I think lots of mentors throughout my life. That's great. And when you talk about vision, what do you feel is your vision for where you want to go. I mean, it's only the beginning, right? Right, right. <laughs> you know, I think my whole, my whole perspective on my career at this point is um, I want creative freedom. That's what's most, it's more important than anything, more important than money, more important, more important than anything. I want creative freedom. And I feel like I've earned it and have finally achieved a lot of that creative freedom. Um, I still, uh, I, I mean, I'm able to create projects that inspire me, work with people that I choose to work with that inspire me. And that has been uh, a real, um, a real eye opener because after leaving television, I, for a few months there, wasn't sure what was next. Yeah. I really wasn't sure. And, uh, and you know, when I sat down and talked to some of those mentors, some of those CEOs, some of those people that um, I really respected. And, and I always have kind of had an entrepreneurial bent. I've started a few businesses, mostly out of necessity throughout the years. Um, but once I, I got with someone who could help me lay out a plan, um, then, you know, then I just went from there. And the business is four years old. Uh, it's doing great. Uh, I have dedicated clients that I work with. I have new clients coming on all the time. I'm having fun with the creativity. I just wish there were more hours in the day. <laughs> I, oh, so do I. I mean, where are the hours? And and I know people say, well, you got to make, you know, more of each hour. It's like, I can't make any more of each hour. I know, I love, I maybe can you speak a little bit more about Mendonca Media and what you're doing exactly? Sure. And what inspired you to create it? 
So um, when I got out of television in 2017, um, I was looking for my next thing. And I thought for a while I would work for another television station. I interviewed for a job in LA and another one in Atlanta. And I went out and auditioned and I went through the whole thing. And uh, when it came down to it, it was a conversation with my mom. She said, you know, Christina, do you want to, you've been doing this for 30 years. Do you want to go walk around another studio in another part of the country for what, another five years, another, because as you know, in broadcasting, you know, you get to be in your late forties, early fifties, and that's the way it is right now. They're looking to replace you, right? Uh, looking for younger, cheaper. So yeah. I, I thought, she thought, you know, she said, I was having a conversation with her and I said, you know, I thought about doing my own thing, um, but, you know, I really have to explore it and look into it more. So I started reading every book I could read on the topic and a CEO reached out to me. We had lunch and they said, you know, we really need some storytelling done for my company. Um, and I said, well, I'm a storyteller, so let's talk. So that was my first client. And I ended up doing like a bunch of like probably 24 different stories for that one company. It was a chamber of commerce organization. And I had so much fun doing it. And they were the kind of stories that I wanted to tell. They were positive stories. They were stories about business. They were stories about entrepreneurs. You know, it wasn't the nightly, you know, homicide. It was, you know, I mean, they were really fun stories to tell. And that's when kind of things took off. I formed the business, got my S Corp down, uh, got my, uh, got everything set up, got my CPA, got, got everything rolling. And, and that's when I started Mendonca Media. And now I work with, I collaborate with several other other companies we produced this year we produced a documentary that's still airing uh, around the country it started airing in july about covid we're looking to produce two more documentaries this year so i still get to do some of that hard news stuff like on topics that i'm interested in yes. but i also get to tell the stories of these businesses which i think is what ex that that excites me the most i just i'm a fan girl for entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. and visionary leaders well, I love it because I can feel your passion about what you do. So I love that because I'm one for wanting to live on purpose and really love what I do in every moment. Um, amazing. And so with the, the messaging, storytelling that you do for these companies and CEOs and these documentaries, these are separate, right? Like the COVID thing is separate from... It's something you've created within your media company, but it's separate to these other people that you're working with. Is that right? Right. So this is like I do I do brand journalism, which is what I do for all the companies. And um, and with in particular, we're releasing a new service this year called the Power Profile. We'll do these mini documentaries on world class leaders. So that's that's kind of the uh, more brand journalism. And then I do just kind of like your standard journalism, uh, right? So topics like COVID or law enforcement reform, or um, I'm about to do one on a big new therapy for, for veterans with PTS. So we do those as well. And um, I do do those, I, I often collaborate with those teams because we'll do East Coast, West Coast. So I have a friend on the East Coast who owns a company like mine, and he and I will collaborate a lot. He has a team there. I have a team here. We can knock out these documentaries in half the time and then produce them together. So we did, uh, we, the one for COVID that we did has been airing on PBS stations throughout the country and, um, and is now we've just entered it for an Emmy Award, which is like, a, you know, for journalism, 
uh, focused. And then I do my brand work uh, with Mendonca Media. Usually that's just solely me, Mendonca Media. Amazing. Now, how can we see this? Oh, okay. So um, the COVID documentary is, uh, it has a website. It's um, covidll.com. And you can go there and you can read more about the documentary and get a chance to see it. Um, that's there. And then on my website, mendonsamedia.com, uh, that's where you can see all of examples of my brand journalism and a lot of the things I'm doing there. I'm launching a new podcast, The Power Profile, which is kind of be, uh, kind of a hand-in-glove thing with the service I offer with The Power Profile for world-class leaders. And that launches in March. So yeah, a lot going on. You know, I, the a lot of things slowed down during the pandemic, but a lot did not. <laughs> Exactly. And tell me this, like if you, you must have along the way, cause you've done all these to a lot of people, it might seem scary. Like, wow, you get out there and you're front of, in front of a camera and you're reporting on these really intense stories and you create your own company. Did you have fear along the way? And how did you break through that fear? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the whole situation when I left television, what happened to me, which is what happens to a lot of anchors nationwide, is my contract wasn't renewed. So I've been doing the same thing for, you know, 25 years at one company. Um, I was there every night, five, six, and 11, right? And then I'm told, You're, we're not going to renew your contract. We're going a different direction. And, uh, and it, was, it was kind of a panic moment because I thought, what, what's next? And I have a good friend that I used to talk to about this. And, uh, and she happens to be a therapist, which is handy. That's very handy. <laughs> and she said, you know, human beings will make a break for safety every time. So when you're considering your decision, uh, you need to make sure that you're not making it because of safety. You're making it because that's what you, the direction you want to go next. You will find a way. And, you know, you, if you are in one of the circumstances where you need to make a pivot, uh, you have to, uh, you do have to make a plan, right? You make a plan, you have a runway. By the way, a great book by Jenny Blake called Pivot was a book that I read. I used it as a reference book the whole time that I was going through this. And she's absolutely fabulous, Jenny Blake. And um, so I used that. I learned as much as I could. Um, and I just used to tell myself all the time, you know, don't be scared. You're going to be fine. And even some of my mentors um, that I hooked up with later said, you know what, just the work will come. Do, do your work on the front end, the work will come. It will come. And it has. And uh, yeah, it's, and then, you know, a supportive spouse helps you. Yeah, <laughs> that absolutely. really does help. That does help. But even if you don't have the supportive spouse, it's, it's, right. I feel like it's a lot of faith, faith in yourself and faith in what's ahead of you. And just, I mean, we're all going to be afraid right? We're all going to be afraid. And it's not like fear ever goes away. But courage is fear walking, right? And that's what it sounds like you did is you just kept moving forward and believing in what was next. And which brings me to I, I often talk about going first. And I'm not going to say what I mean by that. But when I say go first, what does that mean to you? If you go first in something? To me, that means, um, make a plan, rely on the skills that you have developed up until now, and don't necessarily rely on someone's template for how to do it. Yes. That's I love I mean. that. I love that. 
Because for me, I feel like people will tell you what's possible for you, what you're capable of, what a certain, like what not being signed on again for another five years, what that should mean. And that can destroy us. Like we get to decide what is possible for us, what a certain situation should mean to us. And so I love that. That was a brilliant, brilliant uh, answer. Oh, thank you. Um, I just think we think so narrowly about like, I've done this, this is what I am. This is what I do. This is all I can do. And I hear it over and over in people that, you know, I'm trying to mentor through a career change, you know, in broadcasting. And, and I'm like, no, I mean, you have made it to this point with so many skills. You need to widen your vision of what you can do. Definitely. Definitely. And I mean, you didn't have this idea that you were going to create a media company, right? That wasn't written down from 30 years ago. So it's trusting that you've got these skills. You, you are who you are. And, and what would you say are your top three kind of superpowers? We all have superpowers. Like what would your top three be that you feel have led you from being that little Christina to <laughs> who you are today? Oh my goodness. Okay. Top three. Um, I would say, and, uh, and this sounds like an odd one, but my clients really appreciate it. I am, um, I do what I say I'm going to do. Yes. That's that, that would be one. Yeah. Uh, if I'm, if I tell you, I'm going to make a deadline, I will make that deadline. I do what I, I say. So I think that would be one. Um, I think another would be empathy. I think I, uh, I, I'm very good at putting myself in someone else's shoes, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll, I'll give you a quick example of that. So when I was a reporter in Denver, as a matter of fact, um, you know, they would send us out sometimes to get, like, if someone had died, um, in a shooting, they would send us to the family's home, uh, to try to get a picture and talk to the family. And this was an assignment that we had to go through. And so I would think really hard about how I wanted to approach that situation and, and try so hard just to put myself in that person's shoes and think, well, what would I want? What, what would I want? I would want my loved one not to be a statistic. I wouldn't want them uh, to be, you know, um, you know, um, denigrated in any way. I would want them to be remembered with respect and with dignity for the good they did in the world. And so that's what, how I would try to approach those family members and try to do for them. Um, and with realization that talking about this person might help them too. So I think empathy and trying to put myself in someone else's shoes. And I think the third one is just, I'm curious. I'm curious about people. I'm curious about things. I love, I love science. I love history. I love all of it. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. One last thing. What is your, do you have a dream for the future? It could be business. It could be relationship. It could be self, like just something that you dream of having or doing. And actually this, I lied. This is not the last question. Okay. <laughs> one more. Uh, you know, I think my dream I think my dream at this point is to um, someday, um, someday wake up and 
do exactly what I want to do. <laughs> freedom. I think freedom is my dream, my ultimate dream. I mean, I am certainly love my business. I love working and I kind of worry about myself in retirement because I don't really have any like hobbies. I need to develop something. But I think just to me, freedom is the ultimate dream. That's I want the freedom to do what I want to do when I do it. Yeah. I mean, you're doing four hours of radio every morning, right? Or five days a week. And, and then I'm, yeah, then I'm working until usually about five o'clock in the afternoon for my clients. So I work a lot and I'm thankful that I love it and I still have the energy to do it. Um, someday I may not. So yeah. I'd like to be able to have the freedom to, to do something. I need to learn to weld or something. I need a hobby. Okay. I can help you with the hobby. So if you have horses, we rescue horses out here. So come okay. out and you can hang with the horses, or I can teach you how to swim, bike, or run. So you think about awesome. these and we'll just get you. <laughs> I just, I don't know how you did it. I, I did one triathlon in my life. And I mean, I, I think I slept for two days afterward. <laughs> it's so painful. I was, I was after triathlon for me was the vehicle through which I was going to find like a respect for myself and a trust in myself, but man, it it's painful. It bully is so you're right. It, it takes a lot out of you, but I found myself through the sport and that's really why I did it. And, and I just loved it so much. Now, Christina, you, you're just, you're so inspiring. I love your energy. You're such a beautiful yeah. soul. How do you, and some people don't like this question, but I almost died a couple years ago. And so I use this question a lot because I know how that experience really changed my life in, in the most beautiful way. How do you want to be remembered at the end of your days, 60 years from now, 70 years from now, how do you want to be remembered? Like, what do you want people to say they learned from you or how do you want to be remembered? I think I want to be remembered. I want to be remembered mostly as a good mom and as um, a woman who um, a woman who could tell a story, could uh, be a friend, someone who gave good advice, uh, someone that uh, that that lived that left a few things on this earth um, worth reading, watching, and uh, experiencing. I love that. So, how many kids do you have? Just because I haven't asked you that. Sure. Yeah, I have two. Um, I have a daughter. One, oh, the oldest daughter is twenty-four. She lives in Australia. Twenty-four. My wife is Australian. Really? Yes. Yeah. Where is your daughter? She lives in Surfers Paradise on the Gold Coast. Okay. My wife just got home from visiting her family. She has an identical twin in Burley Heads, which is like ten minutes from Surfers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yep. But you how gotta, do you have a 23 year old daughter? I just don't get that. She's almost 25, actually. She's um, she's fabulous. She's she's a digital strategist for a big media company in uh, in the Gold Coast. So she's been there for about three years. Loves it. She's going to stay, which breaks my heart, but also makes I me know. happy for her. And then uh, we have a 20 year old daughter who is the drummer for a signed band. She just cut an album in Nashville with her band. It comes out in May. What's the name? Let's let's get it out there now. Okay. Yes, it's called Blueforia. B-L-U-P-H-O-R-I-A, Blueforia. 
and that's her band. Uh, she's the drummer. And then um, I play the drums. I have a drum set right upstairs. What? Yeah. How have we not met? I have no idea. But this is not the end because I can. Amazing. Wow. So, Bluephoria, mm -hmm. we run some events here at our ranch um, often. We've had like Melissa Etheridge come out and play. We've had some amazing people. Cool. But I see Bluephoria playing at our next event. Bravo. I'm, I'm, I'm flying out for that thing. <laughs> well, of course you are. We're not doing it without you. So, so Christina, you told us a little bit about where we can find you, but what about like social handles, stuff like that? Absolutely. Um, Seaman Donsa. Um, I'm on Instagram. You can search my name and I'll pop up Instagram, you know, Facebook, all those. Um, I have a TikTok, which is hysterical because I'm not very good at it. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but Instagram is where I do most of my work and LinkedIn, of course, too. And yeah, I'd love to meet any of your any of your listeners and viewers. Well, you're amazing. And I'm sure you have you have acquired many big fans today um you're just a beautiful soul i i feel so blessed that you took this time for all of us so thank you christina and best wishes to you and i might see you in australia yes yes so wonderful to meet you in person and uh and looking forward i want you on my show will you come i can't wait just tell me when it's great <laughs> All right, we will set it up. Thank you so much, Siri. I just so appreciate meeting you. Thank you for having me today. Made me feel so welcome. Oh, you're amazing. And thank you for being you. You're such a gift. Thank you. Bye, Christina. Bye. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening and sharing this precious time with me. Please remember to subscribe and to leave me a review. You can find me on Instagram at Siri Lindley, Facebook Siri Lindley, and Twitter at Seltz, S-E-L-T-S. -E you can also reach me via email at info at Have an amazing day and shine on.